The Guardian. The Guardian has partnered with Audible.co.uk to offer listeners a free audiobook when you sign up for a one-month no-commitment trial of the Audible service. Audible has over 50,000 audiobook titles available to download. Go to guardian.co.uk slash audible for further details. should I start? I have a sister. I guess that's as good a place as any to start. I have a sister. And I think... I think I killed her. Am I going to hell? Is that why I'm here, to plead my case? I know... I know I deserve nothing else, but before I'm sent there, can I tell my side of the story? Please. Please. My name is Victoria. Everyone calls me Vicky except for my dad. He used to call me Tori. My sister's name is Antonia. All her friends call her Tony. That's why I prefer Vicky. Otherwise it gets too confusing. When we were born, Mum wanted our names to be completely different, but Dad wanted our names to be almost the same. So Victoria and Antonia was a compromise they could both live with. Dad could call us Tori and Tony. He likes mind puzzles and crosswords and whimsical things like that. My sister and I looked as alike as two grains of sand on a beach. We weren't just identical twins, but super identical. No one stood a chance, really. You two were probably swapped around at least a dozen times before you could walk. Dad used to tell us that all the time. When we were babies, not even Mum and Dad could tell us apart. For all I know, I could have been the one who was christened Antonia. Maybe me and my sister got swapped around and Antonia led the life I should have had and I got stuck with her life, all because no one could tell the difference between us. When we started school, Mum wanted one of us to have short hair and the other to keep it long to make it easier for the teachers, and probably Mum and Dad as well, to tell us apart. I liked my hair long, Antonia didn't care one way or the other, until she knew that I did. Then she had one of her tantrums, screaming that she didn't want to have her hair cut, ever. She wouldn't let up until Mum and Dad gave in. My hair was cropped short into a pixie cut, which didn't suit my face, and I wasn't allowed to grow it out until I was 12, going on 13, by which time I think my hair had given up trying to grow, as it had been cut so often. After that, I could never get it to grow past my shoulders. I was very different from Antonia. Everyone said so. She was a bitch and then some if she didn't get her own way. A lot of people at school were afraid of her. She'd walk down the corridor with her mates and everyone else would get out of their way. People would part like the Red Sea, not out of respect or awe or anything. Out of fear. And Antonia loved it. She reveled in it. The funny thing is, even though we were twins, no one ever got out of my way when I was walking down the corridor. I guess everyone at school could tell us apart by the friends around us, and a lot of the time I walked alone. Oh, I had mates, don't get me wrong, but I didn't need to make a constant show of how popular I was the way my sister did. 
I can't remember a time when it was any different. I was the quiet one. Victoria the mouse, Victoria the shadow. I just kept my head down and got on with my work, or stuck my head in a book. Antonia was the life and soul, if you know what I mean. She never cracked open a book. I'm sure she was allergic to them. I can't remember the last time I saw her reading for pleasure. My school grades were always better than hers. Isn't it funny how two people can look so alike and yet be so completely different? To be honest, in secondary school, Antonia and I kept out of each other's way. We didn't have much in common, and even less when Dad left us, because Antonia had always been his favourite and then he was gone. Once Dad left, as far as Antonia was concerned, the brakes were off. I know a lot of what she did was because she was hurting, but her way of dealing with it was to take it out on the person closest to her, and that was me. I know... I know we weren't great friends or anything, but we were, ah, sisters. That counts for something, at least it does to me. But I never realised until too late just how much she hated me. I'm not making excuses. I know I'm partly responsible for what happened to her. But let me just say this. It was an accident. I never meant to hurt Antonia. She's my sister. I would never harm her deliberately. You do know that, don't you? I never meant for anyone to get hurt. But here I am. And I'm scared. I admit it. I'm terrified. Is it true what they say about hell? That it's fire and sulphur and torture and suffering? I don't know why, but that's not my idea of hell. Not a 21st century hell. If you don't mind me saying, that sounds a little... old-fashioned. But maybe that's the point? But if that is what hell is like, then God knows I don't want to go there. So what happens now? I guess I'll have to accept whatever fate is waiting for me. But first, if... When you see my sister, could you tell her that... Never mind. It doesn't matter anymore. I guess none of that old stuff matters anymore. Or does it? When I was ten, nearly eleven... I lay on the hardwood floor of our living room, colouring in a picture of a lion I'd just drawn. I was proud of that lion. It was the best one I'd ever done. Dad was so impressed, he said that if I coloured it in very carefully, he would stick it on our fridge door. So I was determined to make it the very best lion I could. I lay on my stomach, my coloured pencils fanned out on the wooden floor around my picture, and I moved my light brown pencil very carefully across the paper, making sure never to go outside my lion's outline, making sure not to leave any gaps. The early afternoon summer sunshine filled almost every corner of the room and stroked the back of my head like warm hands. It was a lovely feeling, and Dad liked my drawing. I lay on the floor, smiling to myself because it was sunny outside, and I felt sunny inside. I was so engrossed in my picture that I had no inkling of what was about to happen next. My sister Antonia jumped off the sofa and landed with both feet on my outstretched arm. A crack, a snap, a moment's stunned silence. And then I screamed. Dad came running into the room, crying, What's the matter? What's happened? But I couldn't speak for the roaring pain devouring my body. And as for my arm... My forearm was no longer straight, but a funny V-shape. 
Blood was pooling on the floor beneath my arm, and a jagged piece of bone was sticking through my skin. Just the sight of it made me howl even louder. I looked up at Dad, and the horror-stricken expression on his face made me scream harder. Antonia kneeled in front of me, wailing, It was an accident! It was an accident! After Dad had phoned for an ambulance, he spent more time with Antonia trying to calm her down than he did with me. My arm was so badly broken I had to wear a cast for well over two months. But the upside was that I got lots of attention. Antonia didn't like that. But I guess she had the last laugh because my right arm was never the same afterwards. I had all kinds of physiotherapy and did every exercise I was given, but my arm was never as strong as it had been before. There was a weakness in it, not all the time, but often enough to never let me forget what my sister had done. I guess I became a bit overprotective of my arm. When playing rounders or football, I instinctively turned the left side of my body forward to protect my right arm, or I'd twist and place my right forearm behind my back. Of course, Antonia noticed what I was doing before I did. She started challenging me to arm wrestling contests and giving my right arm wrist twists. Never my left arm, just my right. And of course, she was careful to make sure she only tormented me when Mum and Dad weren't looking. But I was used to that. One good thing came out of my broken arm, Mrs Farringdon, my next-door neighbour. Before the accident, Antonia and I sometimes saw her watching us from her bedroom window as we walked to and from school. Nosy old cow. What started off as my sister's muttered comments to me soon became verbal abuse mouthed silently at our neighbour every time we passed her house. I begged Antonia not to, but she never listened to me. I guess she hated the thought that anyone was watching her. I must admit, it kind of got on my nerves that Mrs Farringdon had nothing better to do than spy on me and my sister. I mean, what did she think we were going to do? Steal the lavender out of her front garden? But when I broke my arm and I needed to take a few days off school, Mum and Dad couldn't afford to take the time away from work to stay with me, so they asked Mrs Farringdon if she would babysit. And, to the surprise of us all... She said yes. You are to be on your very best behaviour for Mrs Farringdon, do you hear? Mum warned me for the umpteenth time before taking me round to our neighbour's house. The last thing I wanted was to be looked after by the pensioner next door. That was nothing short of my idea of hell. Serves you right, laughed my sister when she heard. You two suit each other. Enjoy. I dragged my feet as Mum took me round to Mrs Farringdon's. The moment the old woman opened the door, Mum launched in. I can't thank you enough for agreeing to do this, Freydis. It's so kind of you. And I've told Vicky to behave herself. No problem, Sandra. I'm only glad I could help, said Mrs Farringdon, though her gaze never left mine. It was so strange seeing her up close like this when I'd only ever seen her watching us through one of her windows before. She had piercing brown eyes which burned straight through me, making me feel like I'd done something wrong when I hadn't. Mum kissed me on the cheek and left me to Mrs Farringdon. I watched Mum head to the car to drive Antonia to school. My sister grinned at me, loving the situation I was in, alone with an OAP. This day was going to last forever. Mrs Farringdon very gently but firmly closed her front door. So, Vicky, what would you like to do first? my neighbour asked. 
You can help me in the garden or you can help me paint the spare bedroom. I can't do either. I've got a broken arm, I pointed at it, just in case she was having trouble seeing the plaster cast and the sling. Nonsense. A broken arm won't stop you from doing anything you want to do, unless you let it, said Mrs Farringdon. It sounded to me like she just wanted some cheap labour and someone with only one hand was better than no one at all. How much was this day going to suck? I'll help in the garden, please, I decided reluctantly. The garden sounded like the lesser of two evils. Fine, she smiled, and do please call me Freydis. Freydis, so I had heard Mum correctly. I considered her name, rolling the syllables around on my tongue. Freydis. I've never heard that name before. I like it. Thank you, Mrs Farringdon smiled. I was named after Freydis, the brave but brutal warrior daughter of Eric the Red. She was very handy with an axe and a sword. It's quite a name to live up to. But in my youth, I was told I was quite formidable. She still was. I looked up at her. Your name suits you, I decided. I know, she smiled, her eyes twinkling. Freydis led the way through her kitchen and out into her immaculate garden with its precision flowery borders and lawn that looked like it had been cut with scissors rather than a lawnmower. Kneel down over there on the garden mat and pull out anything that doesn't have a flower at the top of it, she directed. So that's what I did, whilst Freydis chatted away. And after a couple of minutes she had me smiling, and after five minutes I was laughing out loud. And by the time we sat down to have sandwiches for our lunch, Freydis and I were friends. It was as simple and as straightforward as that. Freydis, do you mind if I ask you something? I began tentatively. I didn't want to upset her, but I needed to know. Ask away, dear. Why do you watch me and my sister when we go to school? Freydis's smile faded. I'm looking out for you. I frowned. Looking out for me and Antonia? Why? No, not your sister. You, said Freydis. Me? I don't understand. There was a long pause. At first I wondered if I'd said something wrong, though for the life of me I couldn't figure out what. I was a twin too, Freydis said at last. My sister and I never saw eye to eye either. Antonia and I get on just fine, I denied, embarrassed heat rising up my neck to my cheeks. Freydis raised an eyebrow. Sometimes, I amended with a mumble. Freydis considered me carefully. Do you want to know what I think? Your sister is jealous of you. I stared at her, my eyes as wide as hubcaps. Antonia was jealous of me? In which parallel universe? You don't believe me, but I'm right, said Freydis. What on earth makes you think that? Freydis's jaw moved like she was chewing on the words before she could spit them out. I've seen the way she looks at you, she said at last. I recognise the way she treats you. Freydis looked away, casting her glance anywhere but at me. Why didn't you and your sister get on? I asked. Freydis inhaled slowly before turning back to me, her dark brown eyes clouded with sadness. My sister Freyo and I were close when we were young. As we grew older, we drifted apart. Why? I couldn't help asking. Freydis was the only other twin I'd met. I didn't know what I was hoping for. Maybe some clue as to why Antonia and I descended from sisters to somewhere well below friends. In all the books I'd ever read, twins were always so close, like they shared a mystical bond or something. But as far as I could see, that was only in stories. Freydis sighed. Freya was the quiet one, the clever one. I wasn't. 
She didn't mind, but I did. It seemed like everyone wanted me to be more like her. No one ever suggested that Freya should become more like me. So we grew up and grew older and grew to have less and less in common, except for the fact that we were twins. And I see the same thing happening between you and your sister. Oh, I see. And I did see. But more than Freydis. Antonia and I weren't just growing apart. There was more to it, but I wasn't prepared to analyse it deeper than that. Freydis placed a gentle hand on my shoulder. I want you to promise me something, she said after a long pause. What? That you'll live your own life, not your sister's. If there's something you really want and she doesn't, or vice versa, promise me you'll follow your heart and not your sister. I promise, I shrugged. To be honest, I didn't really have a clue what Freydis was talking about, but I figured it wouldn't do any harm to promise anyway. When my arm got better, I still made a point of popping in to see Freydis most afternoons on my way home from school, and she was always glad to see me. She asked me the same questions as Mum and Dad about my day, my friends, my school, about my hopes and dreams for the future. And every day she asked the one thing that no one else ever did. She asked how my sister was treating me. And I always told her the truth, shared with her the things that I couldn't share with anyone else, the public put-downs, the name-calling, the contents of my bag being dumped into the toilet. The list went on. And, as if Antonia's behaviour was somehow my fault, I went out of my way to be kind to all the other people my sister ridiculed or bullied. I wasn't trying to be a goody-goody or suck up to anyone. I guess I was just trying to be a balance for my sister, which of course just made things worse between the two of us. But none of that mattered when I won a full scholarship to attend Silverdean Girls' School. Freydis was the only one who knew just how happy I was when I got my acceptance letter. I was going to be at a different school from my sister. Here was my chance to move out from beneath the weight and darkness of my sister's shadow. Now, at last, I could be my own person instead of merely Antonia's twin sister. But Antonia persuaded Mum and Dad that we should be at the same school, that it wouldn't be fair to either of us if we were split up. I tried to tell them that I wanted nothing else, but parents see what they want to see and hear what they want to hear. At least, mine did. They heard Antonia. They didn't hear me. And I went to the same school as Antonia. And not long after, Dad left. He met someone else and left a note saying he'd fallen out of love with Mum and couldn't cope with the atmosphere in our home. He was luckier than the rest of us. He could pack up all the good bits of his life and head out the door, leaving what was left behind. And when Dad went, my sister's bullying got worse. Only now she didn't bother to disguise it. If Antonia tried it on at home, Mum would separate us, yelling, ''Why can't the two of you get on? Don't you think I'm unhappy enough without both of you adding to it?'' School was a different story, but I learnt to deal with it. What choice did I have? I dreaded school and I hated my house. Freydis's home became my oasis. There was one strange incident that sticks in my mind, though. It happened about a year before the accident. Juliet, one of Antonia's newer minions, tried to follow my sister's example by picking on me. She shoved me so hard against a wall that I was winded and I knew I'd have bruises up and down my back for at least a week. She was only doing it as a way to get in with my sister, but Antonia did something none of us expected. She freaked. 
Antonia grabbed Juliet by the hair and slammed her against a cubicle door in the girls' toilets. Don't you ever, as long as you live, touch my sister again. Antonia wasn't just annoyed, she was wild-eyed, furious. Flecks of spit foamed at the corners of her mouth as she glared at Juliet. But, Tony, you do it, Juliet protested, rubbing the back of her head where her hair had been yanked. Vicky is my sister. I'm not going to let you or anyone else touch her, Antonia declared with some kind of perverse logic that escaped me. She and Juliet started arguing about it. I used the opportunity to grab my bag and run. Freydis was the only one who heard that story too. So that was it, my so-called life, because I could never get away from my sister. Until something inside of me finally snapped. It was the fifth year anniversary of the day Dad walked out. Antonia and I were both at the same bus stop, but I stood as far away from her as was possible without being in danger of missing the bus should it eventually decide to pull up. Even though I wasn't looking at her, I knew Antonia was watching me. My nape began to prickle and beads of sweat, sharp as briars, stung at my forehead. My sister was about to start something. I could feel it. I could always feel it. I could have been on the other side of the planet and I would have known that my sister was thinking of me, and not in a good way. Antonia started to head in my direction. I knew that without having to look. Hoisting my full-to-overflowing school bag further up onto my shoulder, I turned and headed away from Antonia. I didn't run. I couldn't run because of my heavy bag, but I didn't want to get into anything. Not today. I was feeling bad enough already. Where are you going? asked Antonia, easily catching up with me. I'm going to buy myself a drink, I told her, risking a glance in her direction. My fears were confirmed. Eyes narrowed, lips pursed, Antonia was obviously hurting, and she wanted to share. I looked about, seeking some means of escape. The bus to take me to school had just turned the corner, but was still a hundred metres down the road. I tried to carry on walking, but my sister grabbed my arm and pulled me round. Antonia, don't... I didn't have a chance to say much more than that. You ruin everything, Antonia told me softly. Dad left because of you. That's a lie. No, he told me before he left that he couldn't live with you and Mum anymore. He said that once you passed the entrance exam to get into Silverdean, all you did was look down your nose at him, at all of us. He said you'd turned into a right snob. You're a liar, Tony. Dad would never have said anything like that about me. What makes you so sure? My sister asked scornfully. Because if he had, it wouldn't have taken you five years to cast it up to me, I replied, just as angry as Tony now. You want to know the real reason Dad left? Because he couldn't wait to get away from you. You want to know why I was so desperate to go to Silverdean? Because I couldn't wait to get away from you either. Your so-called friends only hang around you because they're too scared to turn their backs. If you were to die tomorrow, the only emotion you'd elicit from anyone who knows you would be a huge sigh of relief. With a cry almost like a wounded animal, Antonia leaped at me. But I was ready for her. I turned my body to the side and pushed her away from me. Antonia tried to twist around, but her forward momentum kept her falling. Her feet were half on the pavement, half in the gutter of the road. Her arms spun like mini windmills. Flailing wildly, she managed to grab hold of the strap of my school bag, pulling me forward. And the bus was almost on top of us. For a fraction of a second, I considered slipping my bag off my shoulder and letting my sister fall. Do you understand? That thought actually went through my head. That's why I can't forgive myself.
The bus's horn was blaring out incessantly, somewhere in the background. Above the sound of my heart thundering, I heard the scream of the bus's brakes. The bus was little more than a metre away now. I snatched at Antonia to pull her back. I swear I was trying to pull her out of the way of the bus, but in her panic she grabbed me and pulled me forward, and we both fell. That's the last thing I remember. Did Antonia die as well? I don't know. I'm not sure, but I think so. So here I am. Is this the first or the fifth of the fifty millionth time I've had to relive my life up to and including the accident? I can't remember. But I don't think this is the first time I've had to relive my memories. The strange thing is, I don't mind. At first I thought I would, but I don't. For a start, I never feel that final fall, or what must have come afterwards. I've never felt it. Not once. I relive my life and concentrate on the good things, the positive things. Like all the times I popped round to see Freydis, and how happy she was to see me. And the peculiar thing is, I feel her happiness. It rises up inside and fills me to overflowing, and it makes me feel sort of calm inside, content. I think of the hugs I gave Mum when Dad left, and I live through those moments feeling the little bit of comfort Mum felt when I held her. I think of all the jokes I made in my various classes to make my friends and my teachers laugh, and it's like being on the receiving end. At first I was too scared, but now I sometimes even think about my sister, like when she jumped on my arm and said it was an accident. It wasn't. We both knew that. But I think of that moment. I breathe in every second of it and wait to relive the excruciating agony I felt. But it never arrives. So where did all that pain go? Not just the physical pain of having my arm broken, but the pain of always knowing right from the start that my sister had done it on purpose. The receiving end. It took me a while to understand. All the miseries I'd inflicted, and all the joys I'd given to others when I was alive, were now all being passed back to me like a baton to experience as my own. I guess that's why I never feel the pain of my arm being broken, or the final agony of falling into the path of the oncoming bus. I closed my eyes after my death, waiting to be exiled to a burning hell and hoping to be delivered to a cool heaven. It took me forever to realise that those places didn't exist, that we each make our own heaven and our own hell through the things we do and the things we say to others, and then we have to live and die and live again for all eternity with every one of our actions. I don't know for certain whether or not Antonia survived our fall, but even if I'm wrong and she did, her time will come. That's life's only guarantee. And as for me, I get to be with Mum and Freydis and my friends any time I want. I can even be with my dad when I want. I get to relive special moments with each of them. I am on the receiving end and I am content. Don't forget to start your free 14-day trial of audible.co.uk and to download your free audiobook, head to guardian.co.uk slash audible. For more.
more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.